Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Welcome to the show, y'all. Man, the last few weeks have been something. Let's just say, okay, so I was probably a part of the first wave of companies to start having folks work from home. So I have officially been at home for well over a month, just like the rest of you. I have honestly have not been keeping track of the dates and the times because it'll depress me. <laughs> But I mean, it's been different. I've been doing a lot of things with my time and I know you guys are are excited and want to hear today's guest. She's amazing. Courtney Sanders. I love her, her journey. She started out in natural hair. She's evolved to this bomb businesswoman. I know you're going to love her show, but I wanted to just catch up with y'all before you got to hear from Miss Courtney. Uh, She's a Texan now and she's killing it and she's changing the game. But I just wanted to check in with y'all and see how you're doing and know what you've been doing with your downtime. Uh, what I've been doing is a lot of listening to audiobooks, some reading, a lot of parenting, a lot of parenting, and a lot of hanging out with my boo thing. Uh, but what books have I read? Oh my gosh, Miss uh, Terry McMillan's new book was so entertaining. Uh, you guys have got to check that one out. If you haven't listened to it or read it already, if, hopefully you've heard of Terry McMillan. You know who she is, right? Um, she is the author of Waited to Excel, uh, Disappearing Eggs, just a bomb author. And her latest book is called It's Not All Downhill From Here so good it's about friendship it's about life it's about ageism it's about transitioning and ups and downs and heartache and pain but funny most of all entertaining funny and reminding you not to take yourself so seriously that was a great one also what else did i listen to i listened to here's to us with ellen hildebrand she's one of my favorites she's always talking about like um nantucket and and Martha's Vineyard, all these great cool places. I just like to listen to her stuff because it's lighthearted. It's always a little love, a little drama, but a good listen. But most importantly, I've literally just been getting back to me. Y'all, I've been taking long, long walks. I've been exercising and trying to eat well and and just slowing down, y'all. My life was so freaking busy that everything like my schedule was crazy my travel was crazy my structure was so much that I was even having like honestly I have to schedule phone calls even with my friends just to check in and I was just tired so having this time to just be has been amazing for me um about two weeks into the work from home I have a furlough for work which I you know that's life you know, company's got to do what a company's got to do. Um, but it also gave me more time to do brunch and slay stuff. So you guys have probably seen me in your inbox a lot more. And the reason you've seen me more is because I've been able to take the time. I'm a firm believer in not just sending y'all stuff just to send it. I respect your time too much. And I respect all the support that you've given me because y'all have supported me so much. Seriously. And listened and shared and sent me emails like over the few, like the three and a half years that I've had this company. 
I can't even put into words how thankful I am for each of you. You have believed in me when I had to fall off for a second. When I went back to work, you gave me room to do that. You understood. And so when I decided to really pep up our correspondence, it wasn't just because I just want to be in your inbox. It's because, you know what? Now I can, I can see clearly, right? So for the last probably year and a half, I was in a gray area with Brunch and Slave because I, I felt like we were missing the mark with what we needed to deliver and how we were going to deliver it. And it's crystal clear to me now. Uh, more to come on that. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I backed back. I kept giving you the podcast. I kept giving you content. I did events, not as many as before because that was honestly just too much for me, y'all. It's almost like planning a wedding every time you have a brunch or a big event. I was a staff of one at the time and that was just I burnout just straight up burnout, just mental burnout and not meeting your expectations. If, if I were to just throw stuff out, made me slow down. Uh, but now uh, we have a team, we have some great staff. We have you, thank you. Uh, and then we get to talk to folks like Courtney Sanders. Oh my gosh. So I love talking to Courtney. She's a new mom now and she's, we switched cities. So she moved to Texas. First stop was Dallas. Then she went to Houston and we switched cities right around the same time. So she's a Houston, Houstonian now. So all my folks in Houston, you got to hit up Courtney Sanders and I'm in Dallas now, but she's a new mom. She's learning this balance. She's navigating. She's talking about tips and finances and growing your business and going corporate and getting corporate contracts and all this cool stuff and and even the fact that sometimes we start one business and then even though it's successful it no longer serves us which is kind of where I was with Brunch of Slave for a moment honestly y'all uh so I read that resonated with me so much so I think you're really going to enjoy today's show hi everybody welcome back to the show you know that I am a woman who thinks that we need every tool we can get our hands on to live our best life. And the number one tool outside of our health is our finances. So I first started following today's guest way back when I first got introduced to IG. Uh, well, probably not when I first got introduced to IG because I guess that would really date it. But <laughs> definitely when Brunch and Slay first got introduced to IG and she was known then as thinking as the thinking girl chick. And I really liked the way she was resonating with women about money and about all these tough conversations in a real genuine girlfriend type of way. So uh, I just kind of followed her brand and have loved watching her journey. So you're going to love hearing from Courtney today. But before you get to hear everything about her and what she's been up to, I have to know, have you shared the show? I don't ask for much, guys. Just share it. Share it with your mom, your sister, your friends. If you really love the episode, which I know you will, especially today, then share it on your favorite social media platform. And what I will do is give you a proper thank you if you tag Brunch and Slay. And we're at Brunch and Slay on every platform. So simple, easy, answer the call, y'all. So y'all, Courtney has definitely set a trail ablazing okay she knows her stuff and i've loved seeing how she has educated so many and done it so effortlessly as her life has changed from becoming a mom and and embracing you know this thing called marriage and relocating and just watching her navigate has just really been something to look at so help me welcome to the show the woman who is helping millennials and corporations all over retain millennials right and and help invest in their leadership development. Help welcome to the show, Miss Courtney Sanders. Hey, Courtney. Hey, hey, hey. 
hey, hey. So Courtney, yeah, way back when, and I, mm -hmm. it probably doesn't feel like that long ago to you, right? Because you've been living this. <laughs> I know, I know. You started this thing that we all came to love during a time when, you know, Black girls were finding out, we were finding our Insta voices, weren't we? Mm -hmm. So true. I'm used to that. <laughs> we were finding our Insta voices. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, that was a different time. Take me back to then when you first decided, I got something to say and I think people might like it. Yeah, man, I, I've been online for a really long time. Like I actually started in 2009 when blogging was just getting popular. And I did that to have like a hair blog because I'd started this hair care company in college and you know, all of that. But I started to get into blogging. And so um, when I wanted to go on my own personal development journey, so um, I was in a lot of credit card debt in school and my grades were messed up. I lost a scholarship. It was a lot of drama. And I was reading all these self-help books and I said, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to blog online for no other, not for popularity, not to, to develop a business, nothing like that. I just knew I needed some accountability and I didn't have anybody in my immediate circle who could hold me accountable to get my goals together. So I just started like blogging about my life and you know the good the bad how much debt I owed all of that stuff and that's where I, I guess I found my voice online um but I would say probably around 2014 2015 is when I started to be more serious about making it a brand and getting involved into Instagram at this point I had graduated from school I had gotten married and I'd kind of played with the blog on and off, but I was never really serious or consistent with it because I had so many transitions with graduating from school and starting a new job and all of that stuff. But um, I just kept feeling really called to it. And I was like, I, I want to do this. And I saw, you know, more women coming out, more black women, especially talking about things outside of just, you know, beauty and fashion and hair and kind of really getting into this whole uh, personal development movement. So I was like, you know what, you should, you should throw your hat in the ring. So I did. You know, I like the way that you shared how, you know, it started out with hair, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go into, I, you know, I just need something. I need something for me. And yeah. that evolves into, I still kind of like it, but I'm living this real world. I'm paying yeah. some bills out here, yeah. <laughs> but it's still calling on you. And yeah. I think I, I, that resonates with me because I think a lot of times we have that inkling was already there. Like, I'm backing this up. I'm trying to like say this in a mirror speak. <laughs> so, so that inkling was already there. Obviously something was calling you to say, there's something here. There's some magic that could be made, but you definitely weren't clear on what that could be. Oh no. I, I literally had no idea. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even feel qualified. Like I was, I mean, it took me six years to graduate undergrad because I started in engineering and then lost my scholarship and switched to marketing and like lost all my credits. And so it took me forever to graduate. So I was already a little late then. And then I had just got married and I moved to a new city. So part of me felt like not all that qualified. Like I, I had the blog and the experience, but I felt a little past passed up in a sense because I kind of like lost a few years trying to get all that stuff together. But I was just still really passionate about the topic. And I just, I'm the type of person that loves like experimenting on myself. So I always tell people I'm not a guru, I'm a guinea pig. And I just wanted to like do more self experience, uh, experiments and just document it. And I mean, I hoped people would pay attention, but you know, I, it just looked fun to be online and be on Instagram and talking about, you know, what you're doing. So I was like, well, after going back and forth, really, I would say like January 2015, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm just I'm diving in. And, and, and I think that's when the momentum, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the cool thing is you made the choice. Yeah. Like you decided this is going to, this is going to be something. And so it became something. Mm -hmm. And 
I think y'all, I mean, I'm not trying to be the lady who's always schooling, but it's like when we, when we play with our gifts and we play yeah. with that passion, cause we're not trusting ourselves to, to succeed. And that's what I think it is. We are so afraid of succeeding. Right. Well, that, that's the funny thing. I think I, I started to see the momentum, you know, people holding like brunches and events in the city. And it started to get to the point where I was more afraid of this moment passing me by and not participating than I was with me trying to jump into it and failing. So I feel like you don't get off like the sidelines until you're more afraid of not participating than you are afraid of jumping in. And that's that was the shift for me. Oh, that's so true. But you know what? You know, so that means we got to talk about imposter syndrome. You know, <laughs> everybody's feeling it in some kind of way. And uh, when you, you talked about it a little bit, you felt like you weren't qualified. Mm -hmm. So yeah. at what point from 2015, you say, okay, I'm going hard, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm ready. When did you start to feel like, okay, I think I can truly speak on this? You know, honestly, uh, when you get to a place where you think you can speak on something, you feel unqualified in something else. Like even now there are instances where I feel unqualified and stuff. And I'm like, can I really, <laughs> should I really be out here, you know, talking about this? So um, I, I think it's just more so less about am I qualified and more about is my perspective worthy? And mm, of course your perspective yeah. is worthy, especially if it's different and it's unique. And that was the thing that I really wanted to bring to the table because even though more black women were just getting into the space, it was still very small. And particularly in the self-help community and the personal finance community and in the entrepreneurship community, it was mostly, you know, white men. Most of the books were written by like older white guys like, you know, Jim Rome, Stephen Covey, which, you know, nothing wrong with that, but there, were, there weren't our voices there. And so I knew if nothing else, even if I wasn't qualified, my, my perspective was worthy because it wasn't, it wasn't on the scene. So who was that client or that moment when you said, wait a minute, they're talking about me. Like, <laughs> like uh, they, they want me. <laughs> man, um, when was that moment? I guess, I, you know, I would probably say my, the first event that I held in Dallas. So I was terrified. I had moved from DC to Dallas. I didn't know anybody. The small following that I had was mostly like East Coast people. So I was like, don't nobody know you know, what's going on um, with me. So I teamed up with someone who was in the natural hair community in Dallas and she was already hosting events. So I kind of hit her up like cold, like we didn't know each other or anything, but I hit her up on Instagram. Like, hey, next time you throw an event, like I'm ha happy to go half and on it with you because I'm trying to, you know, build my following and you can do the natural hair piece and I'll do like the self-help and personal finance piece. And so, um, you know, we, we did the event and it was very like, you know, beauty focus and hair focus or whatever. But then I had my little segment, which was maybe 45 minutes talking about goal setting. And I was really amazed at how into it the women were, how many questions they were asking me. And they were just really like, can you help us? And some of the questions they were asking were things that I felt were like obvious or easy because it were, it were things that I had worked on myself. And I didn't realize that there were still people out there that didn't know how to achieve certain goals. And so from there, that's when I started to get the confidence, like, wait a minute, like you, you can do this. You should, you should talk about this more. Right. And at, and at the, at the time, were you still be going by thinking grow or were you mm -hmm. going by yep, Courtney? Yep. yep. Okay. I was thinking, I was thinking grow chick. So uh, the story with that, I, when I was going through all my drama in college, a mentor recommended the book, Think and Grow Rich. And so that was one of the first self-help books I read. And just as a play on it, I was like, oh, I'm just going to become the finger girl chicken, like <laughs> apply all these self-help principles to my life. So even though that was kind of my college brand, it was still, it was like all I had. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to continue under this brand and, you know, keep speaking about 
personal development and finance and all of that. Wow. And so since then, I know you've pivoted, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's like the word of the decade, pivot and pivot quickly. <laughs> yeah. So now when I, when I Google you, all I, I, it's rare to see the thinking girl chick. I see Courtney Sanders, Courtney, yeah. Courtney, Courtney. That transition, was it scary for you? to oh say, God. I'm going to leave this. I have this following they've invested because a lot of times we start off at what is one thing and it then it doesn't serve us anymore. Yes. Honestly, I should have made the transition before I even came out, like back in 2015, like thinking girl chick was something I created in college based on, you know, my experiences in college, but going back to that, not feeling qualified because I didn't feel qualified. It, it was like my security blanket in that, well, I can sit behind this brand thinking grow chick. And that way people will still associate it with another brand that is qualified. You know, the whole thinking grow rich, uh, brand and those books, everybody loves it. So I kind of felt safe because when I would say singing girl chick or people were like, Oh, what's your brand or your website? And I'd say thinking girl chick, they'd smile and laugh and say, Oh, I know that book. And you know that I was kind of like borrowing credibility. Um, and it kind of helps me with me feeling like, who are you? Like, you don't have a degree in this, like, you know, you're not qualified. But I think after I really, um, began to grow my business and realized that it was less about specific principles that I learned in a specific book and more about my perspective, the life that I was living and the fact that I recognized that there were so many other women like me who were limit living similar lives and wanted to achieve the same type of success that I was looking for, which was multifaceted. Like, so of course we all want success with money and business and, you know, we want to stack our paper, but we also want to be healthy. We want to look well, look good, age well. We want success in our relationships. You know, um, if you're a mother, you want to be successful with your kids. So, you know, I, I found that I was looking to do things that were outside of the scope from, you know, any self-help book that I was reading. And it became more and more apparent. This was more about me and my perspective and, um, me as like a, I guess a mascot for a generation of women and less about a particular self-help book. And it just, the more I tried to run away from that, the, the harder it got to run away from it. So finally I just, well, really I was forced to, because I, I went into, um, trying to get it, secure the trademark. And I mean, I spent a lot of money, like over the course of 18 months going back and forth with the U.S., you know, patent, whatever office and them you know, saying, no, it's too similar to this. And I mean, I just wasted a lot of money when it was evident that I should have just been under my own name. So I was hard headed and it took, you know, a gazillion dollars for me to be like, you know what, you, you ain't going to get this brand. You have to be able to <laughs> trademark it. And so from there, I knew I was never going to be able to grow to the level that I wanted to, um, you know, in terms of national exposure or whatever, without that trademark. So I was like, okay, fine. We'll just, we'll go under my own name. And so here we are, yes. right? And so now we're talking to a, a lady who took her own experiences. And I, you know, I have to thank you for sharing your transparency about the college journey. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of times we have these time stamps in our head of what it's supposed to take because we are, life is supposed to start, right? It's supposed mm -hmm. to happen. And yeah. when it doesn't work out that way, we tend to beat ourselves up. We act ashamed. Mm -hmm. But if you had a graduated in four years, would we be having this conversation? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would we? Would would you have already done curriculum and courses with Credit Karma and the FDIC? Okay. Yeah, y'all hear not. those receipts? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so we can't beat ourselves up about things not being perfect. And I and mm -hmm. I also like the fact that you shared that it was very difficult because you were trying to force something to happen that wasn't yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how many folks did you let co-sign on don't change your brand or ask? Because I think that's something that we, we deal with a lot too, right? We start asking everybody but ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I mean, it's hard at some point because another thing is when you get success with it in a certain area, people don't want to like be the one to like say, no, you shouldn't be doing that anymore. So even when I was asking like, oh, what do you think? People were like, oh, I mean, Tingle Girl Chick is like, great. Everybody knows it. Like, you know, keep going. But the only reason I was asking them was for validation because deep down I knew that I needed to change it, you know? So I shouldn't have been asking because I was only asking to try to get an answer that I knew I already had, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So now that you're out here and you're focusing on working with corporations, what was that transition? Like when did you decide that you wanted to start educating the masses in a different way from the corporate standpoint? Yeah. Um, actually that's kind of how I got my start. So, um, when I was in college, I was selected as a student leader to participate in like a women's entrepreneurship program for a female college students all over the country. And it was the first time I really got exposed to the world of corporate training. Um, and it, so much so that when I went back home and started blogging about my experiences, they invited me to submit a RFP, which I had to Google at the time because I didn't know what a request for proposals was, but to submit um, a curriculum, like basically they're like, hey, you started this company, you're kind of like a great case study for us. If we hired you to develop the curriculum for next year's crop of female students, what would it look like? And I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a five-figure RFP. Like, y'all know I'm not even 21 yet. Like, why are you happy? <laughs> submit that and so um, I ended up not getting it but just it opened up the world for me to recognize that this was even like an avenue and something that you can make money with and so I always kind of kept that tucked in my back pocket even as I continued with my own digital courses and speaking and kind of doing the whole online marketing thing it was always something I wanted to get back into at the right time and so as my brand continued to grow and I started to do and even now more kind of like brand deals and an influencer sense it's it's kind of been reminding me like oh you but you could get back to the corporate training and so now that I have more corporations under my belt in the sense that I can say I worked with them from an influencer standpoint, it's created a great opening for me to kind of get back into that corporate training mode. More Brunch and Slay after this. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, then I'm sure you've heard me say a thing or two about meditation and how it utterly changed my life. And in times when things get a little bit stressful, it's always good to know that I can turn back to meditation to kind of get myself back in line. Now, the folks over at Gaiam, they totally get this and understand, which is why they are giving all of our Brunch and Slay listeners 20% off of meditation cushions. That's right. I've heard it a time and time again. I want to do meditation, but it's so uncomfortable to sit on the floor. Guess what? There's a cushion for that. Head on over to Gaiam.com and use the code Brunch and Slay. That's B-R-U-N-C-H-A-N-D-S-L-A-Y to get your cushion today. And now back to brunch and slay. Well, you know what? I am a no stranger to RFPs either. I tell people all the time, I, we did an episode actually about getting your certifications, especially if you're a speaker and become an MBE and, and certified. Are you certified in any ways in your business as a minority business owner? Um, I have a partnership with a friend of mine. We've started a business in HR. And so we are certified uh WeBank, so which was the organization that I kind of came in under as a student leader, so the WeBank, W-B-E-N-C, and then um, the Houston's minority supplier 
um, certification. Yes, y'all. So do your homework, do your research. RFPs make the world go round. They are great injections into your business. Let me tell you. Um, and, and there's so many things. And I love that you talk about, um, what you're already passionate and what you already kind of know something Mm -hmm. in, in, there's always going to be areas for improvement, but being able to have those big cash influxes that you can put into your business uh, by doing what you love, it kind of keeps you motivated and it's not discouraging because if you're out here and let's just be real in the Insta world that we live in, when you become an influencer, yes, there might be funds from that and there might be gifts in kind and different things of that nature, but it can be discouraging if there's huge gaps in between, you know, gaining capital, right? Yep. Yep. So let's talk about what scared you, right? (laughs) So now that you are in this space and you're out here as 2015 and and beyond, Mm -hmm. and you're taking this leap of faith, what was the thing that probably crippled you the most fear-wise? Ooh, uh, the thing that crippled me fear-wise? Honestly, I mean, I don't want to say I didn't have fear, but I feel like in 2015, really the biggest fear was trying something and failing, which is why it took me so long to even do my first event. But honestly, once I did that event and I saw that it wasn't the end of the world, like, and and the event wasn't even like a raging success. I think we both still lost money when it was all said and done, but we had maybe like 35 women come out and it was fine. That was really all I needed to keep going. So then from there, I did another event in Atlanta. And then from there, I like packaged it into a digital program. And then from there, I made my first thousand dollars. So to be honest, during that time, I don't really remember having a lot of fear because I was kind of jumping from success to success to success. And each one was like progressively bigger than the last one. So I had something I could look back on. I could be like, well, you know, this is scary, but remember you just did that event in Atlanta and it was really successful. So you know, how much, how much harder can, you know, a digital program be? And then I did the digital program and, you know, then I tried to go after my first coaching client, which was scary, but I'd look back and say, well, you sold all those digital classes and people, you know, paid you, you made a thousand dollars for it. Like how much harder can getting a a coaching client be? So I just kept relying on the last success to kind of keep me focused on the next one in front of me. Oh no, that's great advice. And, and, and I mean, one of those you couldn't have done without the other really, right? Exactly, exactly. That was the, you were creating the blueprint and, and in a way that made sense to you. Yep. So what would you say is your business superpower? Ooh, uh, definitely strategy. I like eat, breathe and sleep strategy. It just, I can't even talk to people. It's like really embarrassing, like with my family at Thanksgiving and you know, your aunt's like, Oh, you know, crocheting, whatever. And I'm, you know, I'm having a great time with it. And I'm immediately like, oh, well, you know, you can sell this on Etsy and I can help you with marketing. <laughs> and they're like, like, set up, shut up. I know. <laughs> they're like, what? No. It's just how my mind works. I'm just, I'm straight to strategy. Yeah. And then now, so your life has changed in so many ways. So you're a mom now, you've moved cities again, you're in Houston. Let's talk about that. What is all, oh. what is life giving you right now? Woo! I mean, it's great, but it's so busy, but it's really forcing me to be strategic, but I'm so thankful for it because it's kind of like forcing me to create the life I've wanted, but forgot that it was possible to have. So for instance, what I mean by that is, you know, when you're a new mom and you have like kids that are under two, you don't have a lot of time. You're doing stuff like early in the morning, late at night and like two hour stretches here and there. And so when my son was first born, I would say around like four or five months after that, and I was kind of getting back into work, I was really frustrated because I couldn't do these long stretches the way I used to. Like before I had kids, it was nothing. I could work like 13 hours in one day and felt great. And, you know, love to have that intense block of time just to focus. 
but I got so frustrated that I was like, no matter what I did, I could never seem to carve out more than two or three hours to really focus on uh, my business or I wasn't, you know, getting those 40 hour days. And so finally I just had to realize like, you know, you're fighting against this. Maybe this is a gift. Like this is a gift to force you to figure out how to automate your business, how to create your business model so that it can be done and it can be successful in 25 hours a week. And so then when, you know, he's older and you're going to school or whatever, your business still runs just on 25 hours a week. So now I'm in this place where I'm really embracing all the constraints that like my life and my present state in life is putting on me because I know it's going to help me optimize my business in a way where, you know, I won't have to worry about it later. So. Oh no, that's really cool. And then you're in Houston now. So what are you loving about my, my city? Cause I love I it. I <laughs> love Houston so much. I do. It's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. I love that it's got like that Southern vibe, but I love how cosmopolitan it is. Cause I felt like that, that kind of not urban, but I don't know the, the way to describe it, but I was missing that vibe from DC having lived in DC so long. I was kind of wanted more of a faster paced kind of urban night, like, like stuff, just mixy, you know, like stuff going on. I really miss that. And so coming to Houston, I'm really excited that there's always like something to do. There's like cool lounges and you know this showing and a play here and live music here it's that kind of like mixy vibe which is very much my scene but to be honest i was really shocked at how many like successful progressive black people there are here i was like whoa this is this is on some this is almost what i would like expect in atlanta but it's here in houston so i feel like it's kind of like a best kept secret no one really knows that but i just love seeing you know, my brothers and sisters just be successful, but on just a very like low key tip. There's, there's a oh, lot yeah. of here. You know, that's the Southern charm, right? That's the Southern <laughs> charm of it. It's so funny because when I try to explain, because I, I'm from Dallas and I love both cities, right? They, yeah. I love that they're both metropolitan as far as all the amenities of a big city. You don't have to feel like you can't get great food or, yeah. or great concerts come through and different things of that nature. But you're right. There is a different, there's a DC vibe to Houston. And I don't know when I go to DC, I can feel it when I get off the plane. Like yep. you can feel the energy, right? Yep. So I would say Houston has something similar to that because um, it's a very ambitious city. Yeah, it and, is. And it's culturally diverse. And that's what I loved about it the most is that every culture is trying to win. Like yeah. no one's really like, girl, we don't have time to be worried about all that other stuff. <laughs> let's just go ahead and we'll, we build it and let's win together. Let's get this. So yes, love that. And so what, what are you looking for as you are going into this new decade and your business and your family life and work life is, is evolving? What are some key goals that you know you want to leave this tw oh. the 20s with? Yeah, this um, I'm like really excited about that question because it's like all I've been thinking about um, because I feel like the 2020s are also coinciding with my 30s. So I'm, I just I turned 30 what in 2019 so I'm 31 now but it's kind of like the same like new decade in my life and you know new decade of just you know the years but um, I'm really focused on kind of this is gonna sound cheesy but like moguldom where I felt like before I was just focused on like individual business and just how can I hit a certain number in my business where now I want to have like almost like a family corporation where it's more than just my business. It's like my business, it's real estate. I want to get, you know, my son and any future kids that we have involved with it. Like I want to, 
I just want our name and like the Sanders brand to just be doing all kinds of stuff. So I'm really focusing on that and just using my business as it is now as the platform and the stepping stone to ultimately get to that point. Um, and then just personally with my husband and I just looking at, um, hopefully achieving financial independence in the next 10 years or so. And just following that whole movement, it's definitely possible and something that, you know, you want to chase hard for. And yeah, I'm just trying to be on like, multiple multiple streams of income like holding company level type moves so that's what I'm yes about. cheers to moguldom that's gonna be a t-shirt <laughs> let's just make that a t-shirt line moguldom yeah. yes <laughs> that's a whole brand the move yes i love that so now as you are navigating this decade and it's, it still feels weird to say the 20s right because that no. just sounds totally crazy but <laughs> As you're navigating it, what vibes and prayers can we send your way from Brunch and Slate that just help you along your journey? Oh, man. Um, honestly, just like focus and diligence in the season that I am, that I'm in. I do feel like, you know, towards the end of the teens, I guess, 2010 or whatever, there was a bit of um, rushing, like how you talked about sometimes we can look at where we are in life and feel like, you know, we're not where our friends are, or we're not moving fast enough or whatever. And there's this desire and this propensity to try to like rush things and try to force things. I definitely now looking back at my journey, see instances where I definitely did that because I felt like I should be somewhere. But now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, mm, I, I'm there now, but I would have been better prepared had I wait and waited and gone through the process. So I say for me in this season, just really maximizing like the moment of wherever I'm in. So for instance, right now with my son, this is really the moment for me to focus on laying great foundation in my business and really getting, um, you know, systems and routines together and just laying just a good foundation where I feel like before I would have always been trying to like chase the next big thing and hit a certain number and, you know, do the stuff that looks sexy. But like this year, especially I'm really focused on like the unsexy work because I know that's going to be the foundation that um, I build the rest of my business and really my life from. So yeah, just focused and um, just hoping, I guess, you know, for prayers just to stay in that frame of mind. Like today you talk to me, I'm like, oh yeah, girl, I'm not rushing. You know, I'm, I'm satisfied with my season. And then tomorrow I'm like, ah, you know, this isn't taking this is long. <laughs> yeah, you know? You'll be human so, again tomorrow, right? You'll exactly. be human. So. No, yeah, that's that's awesome. And I'll def we'll definitely send those vibes your way. But you're in the right state of mind. I wish... I'm thankful that I was able to be at home with my daughter in the beginning and I started my business during that time and I was able to take advantage of those naps, right? And yeah. and, and take advantage of laying that foundation. It's, it's so detrimental. And I think sometimes we're like, I remember her being a baby mm -hmm. and those rough patches where it's three months and like, oh gosh, but she's six months, she'll be sitting up. Let me just make it to six months, you know, let yeah. me make it to yeah. nine. And I think having a business is just like that. Sometimes we can rush it. And instead of just enjoying that crawling phase uh, and, and making sure you don't leave any crumbs on the floor while you're crawling yep. and, and naturally transitioning and not going from crawling to running. Yep. Um, that's important. And hearing more people like yourself talk about it is important too. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. Now this Saturday, you can brunch with anybody in the world, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, there's so many people. Goodness. Does it have to be a woman or? No, it can be anybody and it can be more than one. Okay. I'm, this is like weird. I don't know if everybody knows him. I'm kind of obsessed with Jerry Lorenzo. I don't know if people know who he is. He's a fashion designer. He did some work with like Kanye back in the day. He's got this clothing line called Fear of God, but it's like 
really uber cool popular like everybody justin bieber kanye like they all love it but it's interesting because he's done partnerships with nike and all these different brands that you wouldn't think are necessarily in his lane but i just love how he we like unapologetically weaves his faith yet his creativity yet his culture which is like urban streetwear culture into his work and so if i could have brunch with anybody right now i would totally sit down with him and pick his brain just to be like how are you navigating all of this? How do you stay so creative? How do you how do you have such a strong perspective? Because I feel like that's what's really needed. Um, and that's what's really required. Like we talk about this decade, the 2020s, I think in marketing in general, and just with the way Instagram is going, like, you know, we've all done the cookie cutter formula, like this is the way it's supposed to be if you want to be successful thing. And I feel like just people in general, but especially the market are really looking for something not only authentic, but like unique and creative and just you know, the, the market is star for people with their own unique perspective. And he's someone that definitely has that. And so I would just love to learn more about like how he cultivates that. I agree that the market is thirsty for authenticism, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe that it's not easy. We say it, it should be easy to just wake up and be who you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? But maybe we're not real with ourselves about who we are. Yes, yes. Um, I know I have struggled plenty of times with how much to share because that's right. not my natural personality. Like yeah. I've never been, I'm like, you keep business in the house, right? That's what, mm -hmm. that's, our, that's how we're raised. Like mm -hmm. that's not, that's family business. That doesn't go out there. And, yeah. and then we live in this world where social media literally gives everybody their own reality TV show. Yeah. Right? Which is which is hard for me because I don't I like sharing like I am a naturally transparent person but I don't like sharing if I don't feel like I'm an expert in something per se and so for me I noticed I was cutting off a whole side of myself in terms of sharing online and sharing with my brand because I didn't feel like I was quote unquote qualified in those areas and so I've just said like to heck with it and you know it, hey it's my brand name it's Courtney L Sanders y'all just gonna get all of Courtney you know even <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right. It's not necessarily about business or finance, but um, I found that it, it does resonate. You'd be surprised how much it resonates with people. Well, you know, I think that that name change helps, right? Because they get all yeah. of you, right? Yeah. When you paint yourself in the corner of what that brand was you developed and what you perceived people thought they perceived it to be, yeah. then that was probably very limiting. I'm sure you are in a, you're in a new liberation, right? You're in this, yeah. Yeah, you're coming out, girl. Come on yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> So Courtney, where can people follow you? How can they support you? Yeah. So, um, I hang out mostly on Instagram, so you can find me at Courtney L. Sanders on Instagram. I'm also rebooting my YouTube channel. So I'd love for people to check me out on YouTube. So, you know, youtube.com slash Courtney L. Sanders and my podcast as well, the Courtney Sanders show. And then you can always go to CourtneyLSanders.com and download a free product, sign up for my email list and kind of get involved in whatever I got going on. Wait a minute. I thought you might want to know about what's happening next week. Such a, it, felt, it was a setback in my life that I'll never get back. And, and I vowed that as soon as I come out, I'm going to prove that I'm more than just a number. And I'm more than just this mistake that I made that I was penalized for. Nonviolent crime, first time offender, college student, GPA out the wazoo. But I said yes to it, to, to do something uh, several times. And, um, it, a part of a case that was much larger than I could even think or imagine and had to serve the time for it. But what was, you know, to be honest with you, what was the most discouraging piece is that I'm inside serving time with thousands and thousands of women and I'm 18 years, 18, 19 years old. 
I haven't even stole a bubble gum. Okay. I worked hard for the bubble gums I got in life, but, um, coming home and then being around, uh, women who were fearful of me succeeding after I had gone through a setback, fearful of giving me a resource, the jealousy and the envy just off of, just off of me trying to say, I want to do better for myself. And they were more incarcerated in the free world. That's what we call it. than where I just left. That's what discouraged me. And that's when I knew I had work to do as an entrepreneur and venturing into this business world. All right, y'all. Well, I know that you are going to want to check out everything that is Courtney L. Sanders. And for those of my ladies in Houston and fellas in Houston, when you see her event, just go ahead and go because I know you're <laughs> going to be happy. Uh, and make sure you DM her and send her all the great stuff because that city is so inviting, right? Me and I know do. there's some, yes, there's some partnerships out there waiting on you right now. So y'all don't- All the things. Yes, the don't be shy, man. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing sharing yourself and your journey and coming on Brunch and Slaying and motivating us as we navigate the world that is living our best life and thriving in life and in business. Uh, thank you, Courtney. You're so welcome. And for those of y'all listening at home, uh, if you enjoyed today's show as much as I enjoyed chatting with Courtney, then just go ahead and share it on whatever platform you want. Okay. And I want you to remember, and I'm sure you heard it today because there are so many commonalities between us all who are thriving and wanting to live our best life. But you have to remember that if she can, I can, we all can.